I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. We are back with another emergency pod here at Sports Beat After Hours. I am Hemi Mooley Jr. Joining me as always is the local lovable Canuck himself, Zach Hicken. I'm not feeling very lovable right now, Emma. <laughs> but also joining us is the golden voice of Sports Beat, Mr. Sam Q. Farnsworth. Wow. <laughs> what is happening? Oh my goodness. Okay. We are busting out the emergency pod tonight because the Pac-12 championship is now in the bag, and guess who's going to the Rose Bowl? Mm. The Oregon Ducks. Can we get a quack? (laughs) Um, Quack, quack. What did you guys think of the game, just off the bat? Initial reactions here. Initial reactions, coming right out, out of the gates, Oregon punched... Utah right in the mouth. Right in the mouth. Um, Right from that first drive, Utah could not get anything going. Zach Moss was missing holes. Um, He was getting tackled right after the exchange, too. Yes, yeah. Like, they were were in the backfield. Uh, They were closing up the gaps. They were making him. um, So his first read, basically, he'd see the hole begin to open up, and he'd attack it, and then... He just wouldn't have nothing there. There was nothing for him to run through. They ended up getting Zach involved a little bit in the pass game later on, mm-hmm. but um, he just wasn't – they they weren't effective running the ball. They were soft at the line of scrimmage. And, I mean, frankly, it felt like, you know, they get through the first quarter down 10 nothing. It felt like it should have been 21 to nothing. They had a, a yeah. blocked punt. Um, they gave up a long drive that ended up in – um, a field goal, luckily for them, but man, it just was not. This didn't look like the Utah team that we've seen this season. No, so and that, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, that first half there, you. you <clears throat> excuse me, I'm just you know <laughs> choked up about this whole thing. Oregon ran on their first drive. Oregon ran the ball for 46 yards, I think, is what it was. Okay. Utah's defense gives up 56. Uh, Per game for the season. So that kind of yeah. set the tone. We know how it ended. They they rushed for over 200 yards. Um, the the Going back to what you're saying about, you know, offensively, you know, they, Zach Moss in the first half, I think, still had like 11 carries for 60-ish yards. I mean, that's about six yards per carry, but they, they couldn't move the chains. 0 for 5 on third down, 0 for 2 on fourth down in the first half. Yet, as bad as that first half was, I still felt like there was, okay, we know what Utah can do, and if they get the ball rolling, this could turn around really fast. And yeah. it felt like that for a few minutes there in the third quarter. Yeah, they they come out and they get a three and out to to start things off. 
and then they go and score their first possession. Mm-hmm. They get another three and out, and then they go for it on that really. They decided to go for it from midfield. Yeah. Um, and that ended up kind of shooting them in the leg a little bit. Turn it over on downs. Um, Oregon gets a field goal to go up seven to twenty-three. Um, and then Utah puts together together another drive, mm-hmm. cuts it down to one score. Um, great catch by. Uh, I'm Samson. Trying, I'm trying not to say Puka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Samson Nakua. Oh, that was that was the yeah. highlight of the game for Utah. Yeah. yeah. And a great throw, too. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. after that throw, actually, I was like, okay, now they've got it. They're coming back. Like, yeah. I thought Tyler Huntley just needs to string together more passes like that, but uh, that wasn't the case. Like, well, the thing that's just really surprising about this is Justin Herbert wasn't great in this game. He was 14 no. for 26 for 193 yards. He only threw one touchdown. But the Utes were just gashed gashed yeah on on the ground mm-hmm. they give up 239 yards rushing yeah and uh, this is interesting like majority of those big chunk yardage plays were right up the middle and i think mm-hmm. it was you sam that mm-hmm. said this yesterday i think you said that i don't know if it was you but or someone said oregon needs to take a playbook uh a page from the playbook of colorado and just run the way that they did because colorado mm-hmm. put up a lot of rushing yards in their loss against the Utes. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems like that's what Oregon did. Is yeah. They ran up the middle a lot, um, challenged Lecky Fotu and the linebackers, and quite frankly, smashed them. Well, yeah. we, we knew the game would be decided at the line of scrimmage, too. Right. right. I mean, Oregon's got a great offensive line. Utah's got a great defensive line. Mm-hmm. I just did not expect it to be so one-sided, oh, which is shocking, yeah. shocking, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think as bad as this game was, this should not define this Utah team. And, and it's unfortunate. It came in a championship game right. when most eyes have watched Utah. A lot of eyes that had not seen Utah all year were yeah. watching him. It was the only college Un- football game going on right yes. now. It was the, it was the, the game. game to watch. Yeah. And with all the talk surrounding Utah this yeah. whole week, mm-hmm. like you said, Sam, the entire eyes, the eyes of the entire country yeah. were turned towards this game. Yeah. and. Yeah, it was just an absolute... Specifically Utah, too, because it's like, does Utah deserve a spot? So mm-hmm. everyone wants to yeah, see, sure. is Utah legit? And unfortunately, this game is going to is gonna leave a, a stain on this whole season, which is just... It's, it's unfortunate, because it's a great football Cause game. Because you have like one of the best running backs of yeah. all time from Utah. Probably the best, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You can agree he's the best. Um, and one of the best defenses mm-hmm. Utah's ever seen. They're never going to see a running back, at least I don't think so. Um, or a defense that was as complete as the one that they had no now. No. Um, but it's interesting. Like, I don't know. Is it – did Utah stink it up or did they just not show up? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, are they – were they less talented than Oregon or did they just not show up? I think defensively um, they stunk it up because they did not play up to the build that they have mm-hmm. right. all season long. Like, defense always – almost always travels. Yeah. It didn't travel sure. for the Utes in two games this year. They both ended in losses. And you even said this. Utah was terrible on Friday nights. Yeah, they were 0-2 on Friday nights. Both in California. Both in California. Like, I don't know if that's a weird... If it, yeah. It, I, I look into stats like that just, like, way too yeah. much. Um, but I thought that was weird. But I don't know. I, I expected more from the defense. I, ex- I thought that Utah would at least be able to hold Oregon down. So even if um, Oregon's defense showed up... I thought Utah could win like maybe a twenty-one to fourteen game. Yeah, but I, the thing that was really surprising to me was how bad the offensive line play was. 
It was yeah. awful. It was awful. Terrible. Check this out. D- uh, Oregon's defense, nine tackles for loss, six sacks. Jeez. Tyler Huntley did not have a clean pocket all night. He looked flustered. Oh, he man. was making bad was throws. This was the worst I have seen him play in two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really disappointing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I also think that, like, um, I think, oh, man, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, going, going going back to what you were saying about whether they showed up or stunk it up, I'm going to side on the part that I don't think they showed up in the first half, in the first quarter, especially both sides, just for the fact that they just seemed like they were sleepwalking out there. Yeah, they they just didn't seem present, you know, on either side. It just because nothing was happening. Yeah, it was super stale. Um, it, it was weird. It was really, really weird to see that Utah football team on the field cuz even in the USC game it's like yeah. they they just that didn't and I don't know if they got caught up in the hype if they got if they got the the quote unquote horse in front of the cart with this thinking about playoffs already cuz everyone else had been talking about it or mm-hmm. what but it took them a while to wake up and I think they still had a shot there but they had a big hole to get out of by the time they woke up you you reminded me of what I was going to say um when you said the word weird <laughs> that's exactly like you know both games, like you mentioned, USC and um, this Oregon game, you know, the Utes both have to travel um, to California. You know, both are on a really big stage. Both games, Utah was favored. And, well, d- we we talked about this with Kyle's our, our FPI yeah. <laughs> story. But, I mean, the, the general consensus was Utah was going to win. They were the stronger team at the time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, same goes for against Oregon. Mm-hmm. They are generally considered to be the stronger, most complete team, and they just stunk it up both wow. games, man. They didn't show up, and yeah. So I don't know if that's if you know years from now we'll look back and be like, oh, this team sucked, or if we're like, man, that team was so great they just couldn't hmm. couldn't finish. I still think that this is a great team. Mm-hmm. I think that this is still. On paper, Utah's best team ever. It would beat the 2008 team. It would beat the 2004 team. I think anyone wow. who's on those teams would admit as much. You look sure. at the NFL talent that these guys have. You have nine or ten guys that are going to be taken in the draft and probably 11 or 12 that will be playing right. or at least yeah. on a roster on Sundays next year. Sure. And so it's just it's it's disappointing that, you know what, a lot of it <laughs> comes down to Oregon not delivering when they needed to, too. You know, mm-hmm. if Oregon finishes Pac-12 play undefeated, You're right. You're right. then Utah goes to the Rose Bowl and <laughs> Oregon Oregon's is going, going to the playoff. To the playoff. Yep. But now instead, because, yeah, it, it just mm-hmm. all comes down to the narrative around when you lose. Yeah. You right. know, Utah could have played this game the third game of the season and come out and finish strong and, you know, it, there's a completely different narrative on it, even if they get boat raced like they did. Yeah. But, you know, that that's something you have to do when you're a big team is that's you true. have to deliver in the big games when the eyes are on you, when there are high expectations. And I felt like Utah bought into the hype a little bit. They yeah. felt that they were going to win this game, that they were – because all the talk wasn't if Utah wins. It was does Utah deserve to be in the right, playoffs. Right, there right, wasn't right. a question if Utah was going to win yes. or lose. It was always that they would win. And I understand why because Oregon did not look great against Arizona State. And 
sorry, this is kind of getting a long-winded, you know, train mm-hmm. of thought where I'm just pulling everything sure. that comes in. But maybe if I think that Arizona State win kind of benefited or, or the Arizona State loss benefited Oregon because they get to put things in perspective and they show up with a little bit of a chip on their shoulders yeah. saying yes. that no one believes in us. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, they go out and prove it that, you know what, they were the best team in the Pac-12 this year. Is that so it's like their USC game. Is what it was saying. like their USC game, yeah. And like the Utes come back on Washington State, was it? Yeah, well, because yeah. if you if you look back to that USC game, yeah. If anyone who listened to our podcast that that Sunday after that game, we just talked about we don't know what the expectations are for this Utah team. Was this hype fake? Did we buy into it a little bit too much? Were, um, were we just putting too high of expectations on this team? They answered that question. Yeah. No, we weren't. You know, I wouldn't say it was a fluke loss, but they showed that, you know, they were the real deal. And I think that kind of did the same thing, like you said, for Oregon. Yeah. So this so this, this leads me to my next question, you guys, and tell me what you think. Does the Pac twelve suck? <laughs> does it do the does it do does it suck in the sense that you got a team like Oregon who is we can confidently say is a good team, Justin Herbert's legitimate Heisman contender and then this Utah team with a legitimate defensive um, roster and and stuff like that that just underperform they both have two losses plus on the season does the Pac-12 suck I don't think the Pac-12 sucks Mm -hmm. I just think there's a lot of parity in the conference yeah Um, part of it the Pac-12 has disappointed in a lot of years you know you look at the last two years with Stanford, maybe th- even you go back three years, where they go from a powerhouse and now they're they can't make a bowl game. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry, Hema. Um, <laughs> you look at Washington. Washington yeah. was picked to go ten and two, eleven and one, twelve and zero. Oh. A lot of people expected Washington State mm-hmm. to finish ranked. I thought they'd be better. Um, USC definitely outperformed like what the expectation was, but like the Pac-12 North was supposed to be really good this year, but there was just they were pretty equal and like everyone beat up on yeah. everyone. Like Cal beat Washington, yeah. um, Washington State beat Cal, Arizona State beats Oregon. Yeah, Arizona State beats it's, Oregon. <laughs> uh, Oregon State beat Stanford. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So just like there weren't any guaranteed wins in that conference outside of like Oregon and Utah. And so it just hurts the perception of the conference as a whole. Yeah. yeah. So the Pac-12, I, I wouldn't say they suck either, but I do think there is a bit of a drop-off when it comes to some of the other Power 5 conferences to the Pac-12. I will say that. And I've, uh, I thought maybe, you know, Utah would be able to bridge the gap, even, even when people were saying, you know, uh, <clears throat> I don't remember who the other guy, the other analyst was uh, counter uh, uh, talking with Feinbaum. You know, oh yeah, uh, he he was a little more supportive of Utah getting in, but he's like, but it doesn't matter who the fourth is, whether it's Utah or Oklahoma, sure. because they're not. And so I kind of feel the same about the Big Twelve and the Pac twelve. I feel like both of those conferences, there's a bit of a drop down from the SEC. It was David Pollack, by the SEC. way. Okay, thank you. From the SEC and the Big Ten, I think they're oh, yeah. then, then it's almost like taking two steps down the stairs sure. to the Pac twelve and the Big 12, and then you go down a whole floor to the G5s, right? So yeah. that's kind of how I feel it is. And Did I you feel leave like out the ACC? Well, the ACC's in there, too. They're, I was going to ask I'm, you. Saying, I'm okay. saying they're in the middle. I was going to say, I think the Pac-12 is better than the ACC this year. <laughs> the ACC, I think, is like more top-heavy. Yes. In that sense. It's 
heavy with one team. Right. With, right. And, like and that Virginia one team, that is one, the other team in the, yeah, in right. the ACC and course, championship Clemson's game. Clemson's only win came against 12th-ranked Texas A&M at the time 12th-ranked, who is now nowhere near the rankings. Right, you know right. what I mean? So how good is to and, – and their strength of schedule is worse than Utah's or Oklahoma's as well. So yeah. you could you could couple the ACC down there too. Um, so I – I and I think it's been that way for a few years now because even when Washington went in, how was it two years ago or something? They went in as the number one seed and still lost, you know, yeah. to Alabama. Yeah, I think they know, were the so. number four seed. I don't think they were ever was the number it? one okay. seed. Were they? I don't know. I thought they were higher. Uh, I, I, I can't remember. Yeah, but. I don't remember. They, I, I think they were like two or three. Though. You're probably right. It, it just, it's been a while since the Pac-12 has. I don't want to say look relevant, Oregon, like, but it's Oregon, been a while since they've been up when Oregon went to the right. the championship. And yeah, they got freaking destroyed. Yes, so. Right. Yeah, so a, so maybe there is a drop off. Um, it's not going to stay that way. So like, if you're so, too good, do you but. think like if they did? Let's speak hypothetically just for a second. You know, they expand the playoff system to eight. All Power Five champions get in. Do you think the Pac-12 champion and the Big Twelve champion will get bounced first round every time? I don't think every time, no. but um, I don't think it. Like depends that's on how they're how they're matched up because. I don't know. I've thought a lot about this. I think, I think in order to make this work, this this is my theory, and okay. mm-hmm. this is what I think needs to happen. Mm-hmm. It won't happen until I think we have six years left mm-hmm. in the co- current oh, college football playoff um, system uh, contract. So <laughs> it, it's a it's a contract yeah. right. on how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. I think here's my opinion. I think that the Power Five conferences should actually um, reorganize into a Power Four conference okay regionally regionally yeah and you do there are actually 64 power five teams and you put four 16 team conferences Mm -hmm. you split them up regionally the conference championship game is the round of eight that's Uh, the plan to get to the the final four interesting that makes sense and then whoever is the conference champions they play and match up so when you talk about reorganizing regionally though you would include the top g5s in that reorganization as well because if you get to that point you are not going to have a g5 ever getting into the playoff if if we go by that format i don't think that they want to there's no reason to there the way it's currently structured a g5 will not get in I so Boise saying. State was on the – well, okay, I, I don't want to go down but that rabbit hole, but re- I get what you mean. But if yeah. you would reorganize, yeah. Boise right. State would be in a power well, here, oh, And here's That's the other option. Or, yeah. You see how that works out, and then maybe four years down the road you expand it to 12, and you take yeah. the four – instead of G5, you have a G4, and um, you take the four champions of those games, and they play in to get into that round of eight. Okay, yeah. Just, they, just what, ideas to see. Whatever yeah, they yeah, do, yeah. they've got to make these contracts like four years long. They they can't have these because yeah. here we are for still waiting year contract. six more years. Twelve years and, the, the right. current college football yeah. playoff only, contract. The, is. I, I guarantee the only reason why it's that long is because the conferences want the security of controlling. No, absolutely. The, the well, and, and the ESPN <laughs> wanted the broadcast rights for that yeah, long too. Well, they didn't yeah, want any but, chance. But ESPN could put a clause in there. That every four years we re we restructure the, yeah. the fine print of, of the right. contract. And specifically, right. let's be real: the SEC wants exactly. It to be that way. They yeah. don't want more than yeah. four teams. The, there's a lot of people who well, don't want that. And the way that this would work too is then that way makes it, it it's equal odds for everyone to get in. Um, the the um, there's no chance that like four SEC teams are going to get in and a Big Twelve champion gets left out, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, in case there's a down year for the Big 12. 
Um, I think that all these conferences are always pretty top-heavy. Um, and they always have teams that can compete in a given year, but it always ends up, you know, how, how are they going to match up? Yeah. Because like you said, yeah. you go back to the 2016 season where Washington's the number four seed. Uh, they only have one loss on the season. Mm. They go in and they get beat by Alabama 24-7. Mm-hmm. And so, you, like, you never know what's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be like um, the high school football, the new structure, oh, the RPI, where we didn't have a single competitive game. Um, Until, like, the quarters. Yeah, yeah we didn't have a, a competitive right. game in the first two rounds, and yeah. then the semis. And well, I, I Granted, yeah. I think a lot of that was due to yeah. um, the lack of parity in mm-hmm. high school football yeah. this year here in the state. But I don't know. I, I, I think that... I would just like to see a restructure of the way that it works. Heck, yeah, I'd even yeah, like to see like a relegation be. system because That'd there's be so no fun. year that every That'd single so year That'd be like so fun. Purdue and Vanderbilt and you know like NC State deserve to stay, or right. even Rutgers. Rutgers is right. the perfect example. There's no way that those teams deserve to right. be in over like a team like Boise State, mm-hmm. um, right? And, and stuff like that, like yeah, yeah. And so I'd like to see something like that. It would make it a lot more interesting. It would make it no a lot more fun. Doubt. It would make it more lucrative for some of these schools, like a Boise State or yeah. a Utah State or a BYU, who, mm-hmm. um, you know, they could have a big Appalachian State. You know, right. they put together a great recruiting class one year, and they win the the Sun Belt Conference. They get relegated to go up to the SEC and prove that they belong with the big boys the next year and it might not always work out but i think that it's a way to reward them not only with you know that season but if they even get in for the next season and they get at least a bump up Mm -hmm. in the way that they're in the revenue that they're receiving and the partnerships and stuff like that and the eyeballs it'll help the recruiting too and i mean ultimately like i think that the reason that the the conference um commissioners would be interested in this is i think it would bring a lot of eyeball money to the tv so much money there's yeah no matter how you restructure it there would be so much money involved in an expanded playoff format that the people who are concerned about that should probably open a larger bank account because right. they're just going to make more <laughs> money. I'm just saying. So I think that's the weakest part yeah, of the argument. The only arguments. like I think you guys are both right. It's just like you and I talked about this earlier. The only yeah. problem is like you let's say you know to speak in like college basketball terms, a Wichita State becomes like a really good school yeah. in football. And then they go to a bowl game. Like, can they <laughs> afford to travel to whatever yeah. bowl game? Like, who knows? Because like, we but, talked about you, it. But that's why, yeah, with the playoff system, depending on how you do it, you can award home field in the early rounds or something True. like that so that there's still money being made by schools. They're not losing money by traveling to neutral sites. I, I don't know. Right. I mean, that's... I don't know. It's, there's no simple solution. Thought. Yeah, but you're right. Something does need to change, I think. Oh, I think we're six all more years. I, I just... I have a hard time thinking that I'm going to be 80 by the time the playoffs going to be oh, the way geez. it needs to be, and I, you know I'm just like, gosh, dang, why can't you just? Yeah, but whatever. We just can't have nice things. We can't have nice things. This has been one of the worst weeks. It's this really week, bad two week stretch yes, just yeah. in terms of sports here. Yeah, in Utah, you have the Jazz are 0 3 this week. Jeez. Just bad, bad losses to Toronto and, and the 76ers, and they come back and. 
play the Lakers. The freaking and, dancing shoeless LeBron James. Yeah. <laughs> we have all oh, these okay. expectations for Utah. Yoli Childs gets injured in the, his return game after yes. just, he was dazzling. Like, he was a remarkable. most exciting player in this state. <sighs> comes back to make his debut yeah. when everyone's been talking about, even national media been talking about yeah. how he's been robbed out of this first nine games. He's back. He is lighting it up, and then boom. Yeah. yeah. Awful. Ugh. It was too bad. This has been, I started putting in our rundown for this week, guys, and it is, it is not Yay. pretty right now. Like, this loss to, <laughs> for Utah, I had it in for, like, taking up, like, four and a half minutes. Yeah. Oh, dear. I don't know if we have that right now that we could talk about it for four and a half minutes on TV. Yeah. Podcasting's a lot different, but... Yeah. We're going to lead with uh, Baby Yoda. Yes, we will de- just lead Lots with... Baby uh, Yoda. I like that. By the way, I found a, a YouTube video <laughs> like the that. other day that it's just all the scenes of Baby Yoda... <laughs> In HD? Yeah, in HD. And so someone went through and cut, and it's like 14 minutes. I showed it to my son, and he was just mesmerized. I think he's a big fan of Baby Yoda. But um, we stand Baby Yoda on the Sports Beat After Hours podcast. But Anyways, we'll talk about Mandalorian, actually, probably this next Sports Beat After Hours episode, Mm. right? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. We're up to six or five episodes. Five episodes down, yeah. Okay, it'll be five episodes, and six is coming. More than three-fourths of the... Wait, let's see. How many episodes did I say there were? Eight. There were nine. Oh, there's nine. There's, there's nine. nine. Okay. In this first and so season. we're just so over, half, halfway. over halfway. The fifth episode yeah. just came out. Oh, wow. So, um, and then how long do we have to wait for our next season? I mean, I don't we don't know. even know that yet, do we? No. But oh, oh. sorry, it's kind of off topic. But Marvelous Mrs. Maisel's new season's out. Yeah. You know what? Actually, let's take a break real quick. And when we come back, we're going to talk about why the best thing you'll see on TV this week. It doesn't have to do with sports. It's Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. We'll be right back. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately... We're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh I, think I, I introduced you to it, right? You did, and I love it. It's one of um, it's one of the funnier shows that has come out in a long time. I yeah. really enjoy it. It's a crass version of Gilmore Girls. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it like does not disappoint. Like, I think, so I know nothing about this episode, so I'm interested in this. Okay, but okay. I do know Gilmore Girls because I married a woman who loved the show. Oh, and sure. I my have wife seen falls so asleep to Gilmore Girls every single night. We have since we recently moved, we got rid of all all of our DVDs. Oh wow! Except for we have except for Gilmore Girls. <laughs> we we have the all all the seasons of Gilmore Girls on DVD just in case. This is what my wife said. They ever go off of Netflix. She wanted to make sure that she had them. <laughs> We don't even have a DVD player, um, which is weird to think about. What what a 2019 state when we do not have a DVD player. Your computer doesn't even have a DVD player. No, (laughs) my computer doesn't even have a CD player. Um, I guess we have a PlayStation, but it's packed away still. I don't Uh, have access to it right now. But um, 
she falls asleep to it almost every night. That's Man. funny. And, uh, oh, the other DVDs we have, 10 Things I Hate About You. Wait, let me guess. Do you have The Sopranos on DVD? No, I do oh, not. Oh, okay. That was um, a wild guess, but. We have, because uh, I didn't get introduced to The Sopranos until, so it's on it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. So that's how I've always consumed it. Um, but we have uh, uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, Okay. The Wedding Singer, Oh. and then okay. Spice World, the Spice Girls movie. Oh my gosh. Wild. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys ever seen that? No. I Amazing have. movie. It's mind-numbingly stupid, but it's really good at the same time. <laughs> it's like, it's like. It's like those. It's like those pop British shows where they right. just throw things together. There's no real storyline. No, they're just random little yeah. skits, and then they piece then it they together sing. with the music. It's pretty entertaining. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, I'm a fan yeah. of the, of the Spice Girls. I'm a fan of the Gilmore Girls. I'm a fan <laughs> of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's a great show. So you, sh- I mean, it's definitely for older audiences. But it's. I think it's funny. Just don't watch it with your children. Yeah, don't watch it with <laughs> like your I children. said, it's a very crass version of Gilmore Girls. But it's really good. Yeah, so. it's really good. So it it's is. made by the Amy Sherman Palladino. Where's it, it available? Amazon Prime. Okay. So stream it on Amazon Prime. Like I said, mm-hmm. it is TV 17. Mm-hmm. Do not watch this if you are easily offended by mm-hmm. very crass words. But uh, yeah, I think that's everything that we have for the for uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, Sam, do you have anything yeah, that you want to well, throw in? I, I want to go from this this fun part of the segment and <laughs> and um, bring the depression back in for a little bit oh, here with do. the Utes, and I apologize for that. But <clears throat> it wouldn't be fitting to end this weekend without more depression. You know what I mean? <laughs> to, to get in our cars and drive home in a fog. So the Utes. Uh, well, you, uh, going back to our previous segment, Zach, you'd mentioned. Um, how talented this team is. There's no doubting. This may be the most talented Utah football team ever assembled. Um, you could you could make a strong argument for that. The unfortunate thing is, in my opinion, we may not see this team play again, even though they have a bowl game. Because we saw what happened tonight with Julian Blackman. Yeah. He hurt his knee on a terrible turf field. Yeah. You've got Bradley and I. You've got even a, a, a junior in uh, Jalen Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. You've got... Lecky Foto, you've got uh, Zach Moss. These guys are going to get drafted. These guys may they not want to risk injury and play in the Alamo Bowl right. or the Holiday Bowl or whatever it is that they're going to end up going to. So that's a, that's that's kind of the sad part. These guys may not play. That's kind of in the trend yeah. of college yeah. football in recent years. Let's sit out the bowl game. And yep. I get it. It's a smart decision. You got to think about you. You've yep. invested so much into this program over the yep. years. Now you're in a for the most almost meaningless bowl game, you know, they have to think about themselves a little bit. And it's unfortunate because we may not see some of these guys play again. So I hope Utah fans and people who aren't Utah fans that respect the program will remember what these guys did this year. Yeah. Outside yeah. of the Pac twelve game. Because Absolutely. it was pretty it was pretty outstanding. Pretty impressive. I mean a lot of these guys shouldn't even played this year. They should have been in, in the league already. Yeah. yeah. They came no, back true. for yeah. this purpose. So it's kinda sad. But. Yeah. It's true. Uh well with that, we'll be back Sunday after we find out where the Utes are headed for their bowl game. Um, guessing it's going to be the Alamo Bowl. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll see when we get back. Um, but, yeah, Hem, if you want to take us out. Thank you for listening to this emergency podcast. I'm Helene Mui Jr. He's Zach Hicken and Sam Farnsworth. Thank you and good night, everybody. Good night.